Um, we thought we were going to be on air for three hours with you, but it's slow. It's a slow process of making sure that obviously all the um, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed from a process point of view. This ANC knows as well as any other partyhood uh, what happens when there is lawfare uh, that uh, results in uh, all sorts of challenges to the legitimacy of results. We've seen that at a provincial level. And so if you are a political animal like I am, and you've been a little bit impatient, the logic behind it has really been that they want to make sure that they get it right the first time. Otherwise, we're going to be here until Christmas uh, before the accreditation has, in fact, been sorted out. But for the next hour or so, we're going to break it down for you. We're going to give you a sense of what exactly has been going on today, um, what it is that we are watching, our reporters, our analysts as well. And um, as uh, news breaks, we will, of course, also make sure that we bring you the absolute latest from our 7-0 teams, the various teams throughout the day. And, in fact, with me is my colleague, Stephen Protus. Uh, Stephen, just let's start off by firstly giving people a sense of what today has been about the last couple of hours while we've been off air about monitoring the news. There's all sorts of constitutional amendments and things going on. What are they and, and why do they matter? Well, they matter, I think, um, because people first need to decide who they're actually voting for. So we're all used to the ANC's top six. It's been like that, I think, at least least since 1991. Uh, uh, some people might have longer memory than, memories than me. Um, but what you have is, you know, the president, the deputy president, secretary general, etc. Um, there's been this push from some of the provinces to have uh, more, to have basically two deputy presidents or to have two deputy secretaries general. I get that yes. right, Mom. Um, <laughs> and so you're going to have all of the... So, so you need to have that discussion first yeah. before you vote. Now, it's closed. I'm not quite sure why it's closed. Not that. It's sort of contentious, but it's sort of not. Um, so they've been in that session. Our understanding is the new deputy president's proposal has been shot down. And I think, I think in a way this is important because the bigger the body the harder it is to take decisions. Yeah. It also means that there's yeah. more uh, factionalism. It also means that you can have a situation, you mean, imagine you have a President X and then, you know, different Deputy President Y and Deputy President Z, and they could, could they outvote President X or not? You know, all of those permutations yeah. start to come into play. No, I think that's absolutely right, and I've heard some of the NEC members articulating why, in fact, the idea of two Deputy Presidents mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. And, of course, the genesis of the whole thing is really that when the different slates were not mm. confident about whether they will win. Mm. Uh, having a bloated top mm. structure was a way to ensure that your people still get yes. on to it. But it but it's it's makes sense in the moment but over the long term, it makes for a less efficient organization. Yes, and there's actually evidence for this. I mean, I like it when there's evidence in politics because <laughs> there isn't always. Um, if you go back to before Polokwane, the NEC was only 60 members. Now, I would argue that this NEC, despite what President Jacob Zuma said uh, yesterday about this being the most energized, I think he was talking about the top six, but... but um, to my mind, it's actually probably made fewer important decisions than the NEC did when it was 60 members. Now, you can't, you know, there, there are arguments that would go against that. You know, you would say it was a very different situation, Tabo and Becky's ANC, different to Zuma's ANC, for all sorts of other reasons, long-term dynamics, and all of that would be true. But I think, you know, the, 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 more, the more people you have making a decision, the bigger the committee, sure. the stranger the camel. Yeah. Um, and that's really, I think, what we've seen with the, with the NEC being blown up to 80. Well, which brings me to the second issue I wanted to touch on, which is exactly um, the size of the NEC because that's another important discussion mm -hmm. that's currently, currently being heard. Uh, what would be the pros and the cons in terms of shrinking it? 
So if you shrank it, um, the con would be that you, you can't balance out as many constituencies. You might, you might lose a few voices. So, for example, Palo Jordan, who we've always known as really never really liked Zuma, ended up on Zuma's NEC in Mangaung. Mm. Um, and, that, you know, he would have been an important voice there. Sure. Whether he changed minds, I don't know. Um, he lost the honorific, of course, along the way. Mm. Um, but, but that would be one of, the, one of the reasons to have a bigger NEC. There are also people who are not aligned to any faction necessarily who end up on it. So, so Mangaung, Winnie Marikazel, Mandela, for example, ended up on the NEC. There are key moments where people like mm. that can play a really important role. Mm. If you, the bigger the NEC, the chances are, the bigger the chances of them getting on. Mm. Um, That's a very important point there. So there's a, there's a kind of value to mm. the plurality of voices that, yes. you, that you will lose. Yes. But presumably, in line with what you said earlier about the top six as well, mm. There must be a similar gain in efficiency if you shrink it. Absolutely. The other point to make is that those voices are beginning to decline anyway. Winnie Marikazela Mandela, the, the torch is sort of passing, really. Um, and what you have is that there are fewer people, I mean, like this conference now, there are fewer people you can call so everyone to You order. don't need as much peerage as you said in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Um, and certainly what, what you can certainly say is that the smaller the body, the more intense the election onto it. So if you only had a 20-member NEC, which would really replace the National Working Committee we have now, and you had nothing else apart from the provinces, there'll be a really intense competition. That might be a good thing, but it might also be a bad thing. Yeah. Well, the one thing about the dead time is that it allows us to just talk a little bit about stuff that perhaps usually we don't focus on because we're watching the race, Stephen. Are there any other parts of this discussion in terms of amendments that one needs to be looking out for if you are a political animal? Um, there's this weird thing, Jesse said, for example, that the rules for the conference need to be adopted. What does that mean? Because, you know, one would think rules are fixed and you know them beforehand. So just from a process point of view. I suppose it's a bit like a normal meeting. So if you have a meeting of, you know, the local tennis club or your Yixke group or whatever it is, you need to sit down and say, this is how we're going to make a decision. We're going to have matters arising before rather than after because at the end everyone's got a view on something, whereas if you do it before, mm. it's actually easier. Those kinds of little process points. Mm. Um, and so you do need to actually agree, these are the rules, this is how we're going to decide an election so that there's no argument afterwards and you can't complain about the rules. <laughs> so it's the, it's the usual enough. thing. You know, if Absolutely. you have a secret society of six people... You have to decide on the rules and who yeah. gets to be a member. And who Final doesn't. question, reporter's notes, notebook. What are you looking out for? I mean, in the next couple of hours, uh, what, what's, what's the important touch points from a political point of view that you're going to be watching out for? I think we're looking for more moments like Beleke and Beto last night. So surprises. Um, I, you know, always what you're looking for is the analysis of people who are closer to the action than you are to see which way they're jumping. This is why I watched Malusi Gigaba so closely. Mm -hmm. And his medium-term budget policy statement was, to my mind, I mean, others may disagree, politically neutral. <laughs> <laughs> you know, financially disastrous, politically neutral. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, because he doesn't know. Baleke Mbete, I thought, was saying to us yesterday, she's jumping to the Ramaphosa camp because she thinks he's going to win. Mm. That surely... And mm. so I'm looking for more moments like that. Mm. Um, does anyone see someone who we've, who's been sort of what I would call NDZ light... Um, moving into the Ramaphosa camp. Yes. You know, someone like that. Yes. I mean, none of the people who are NDZ heavy or Ramaphosa heavy would, would swap now, sure. but the people who are sort of light Absolutely. will they change. Absolutely. Those are the people I'm looking for. So plenty of politics to watch. Thank